Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 106 at Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor. And, uh, yeah, Reed, it's pretty bad uh, when you have to come in here and man the board yourself, even though you're on the other side. Uh, our title sponsor is Digitex. 630Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at big savings. Visit digitexsupplies.ca. We will tell you that guests on the show receive guest certificates to Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza still making it great. Edmonton owned and operated 48 years for Royal Pizza, where the staff recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Jack Michaels just found out it has onions in it. So there you go. Uh, meat lovers and... Uh, and Mediterranean chicken today in the studio. Reed, uh, give me a quick riff on... Uh... Oh, Bob, thank you so much for the pizza, buddy. I I knew coming in would pay off today. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Great royal pizza. Well, it is. It, it, it's old school big boy pizza. There's no question it's about it. It's the first time I've had the Stauffer recommendation. Yeah. It's quite tasty. Yeah, it's there you go. Good. All right. Uh, just before we get started, so we're, we are going to get a quick thought from everybody on the season that was uh, for the Edmonton Winters. Then we're going to replay a little about our uh, predictions last fall. Uh, uh, because there's a couple of us that turned out to be way off, uh, including the show host included. And then we'll go Western Conference and then East. Okay. Only because everybody else always goes East first and West. But screw that. We live in the West. We're going to go West first. So uh, I- I'm going to get uh, started here. Uh, Brendan and myself have had the opportunity to comment uh, now that the order season is over. Uh Jack, we'll start with you. Just a, a, a final thought on what turned out to be a pretty underwhelming year. Well, I'm really at a loss, like most people are, as to where it, it went wrong. I think the Oilers opened with a pretty emphatic victory over Calgary. I will say that signing off that night and in talking with Bob uh, after the game, we were. I I, I want to make sure that we we say that we felt Calgary was strangely flat for that game. Yeah, and quite frankly, we were stunned because we couldn't remember seeing a season opener at any level where one of the teams kind of failed to show up. 
Yep. And I felt like, you know, now I can say in retrospect that maybe the Oilers came out of that game thinking, wow, we were so overpowering and so thoroughly dominated another team expected to be a contender that maybe they, for just a moment, allowed themselves to think that this season would go the way the previous one did. And when they lost the next four games, they never got back into position where the previous season was going to be a reality. I mean, they never turned the corner. Every time they got close to 500 within a game of 500, they immediately went on a significant slide. And I'm wondering whether it originated with that very first game of the year where, much like my first game ever uh, behind the mic for the Oilers, you go out there thinking that the Oilers are going to go 79-3 and this year. Yeah, And that's what I think a lot of people in that building felt when they so thoroughly dominated Calgary on opening night. Reed? You know, they only scored 13 fewer goals than last season. It, despite all the talk about the, the wingers not producing and offense that has left the team and the poor power play, they were only minus 13 in goals for but they allowed about 60 more goals. And and that ultimately was what cost them. And I think for the first two-thirds of the season, it was it was a bad penalty kill, especially at home. And it, it, and, and Talbot wasn't the Cam Talbot he's been most of his career, really, until after that 7-5 loss to February. To me, that's when things changed, and they played a lot better and a lot more loose and were a lot more thorough, even though they still had some bad stretches in the, in the final two months. So they're going to have to find a way to cut down the goals against again. That's what we we talked about for a lot of their their years when they were when they were out of the playoffs. And you know, as bad as the power play was, and you, I'll give you credit for saying this, Bob, you can survive a bad power play and maybe not be a great team, but yeah. at least be a scrappy team. Um, but they couldn't survive the bad penalty kill for most of the season. And I will also say this. For most of the year, it was again. It was better in the last two thirds of the year, especially after they blew those two leads in California. Well, one they didn't actually blow, but when they allowed a goal, something bad usually happened within the next five minutes. And one nothing deficits became two nothing deficits. We know about those three five nothing losses at home, and they weren't able to gather themselves after a bad break, bad penalty pill, a goal against, which was a total contrast from the year before as well. All right, uh, very briefly. Um because we're going to get to some of the predictions that we made at the start of the year. One specific... Do we re- have to? Well, <laughs> we, we can uh, we can run through we it. We can right. skip my preseason prognostications. No, we didn't do too bad. Uh, Reed got nine out of the 16 playoff teams. Uh, I only got eight. Geez, I had Florida, Carolina, the Islanders, and the Rangers in the playoffs. Yikes, that's not very good. Uh, Jack, how many did Jack end up with, Brendan? Uh, Jack was 9 of 16, 5 of 8 in the East, and uh, 4 of 8 in the West. How'd you do? 11 of 16. Well, 7 of 8 out of the East, but the West, I was 4 for 8. All of us struggled in the West. You're Wally pipping me as we speak. Uh, There were a couple predictions that went a little astray, and Reed Wilkins found some. uh, Now, you went and dug this up. Oh, yeah. I I like that. This is from like. Couple moments, couple moments. Now, I'm going to guess this was. Do the Chicago one first. This is from like October 3rd or 4th this year, right? Uh, We'll start with a comment. uh, Now, whose comment about Chicago is this? You'll hear it. It's both you and me. Okay. So I reluctantly have selected the Chicago Blackhawks to drop out of the playoffs. Wow. Really? Yes. Did you hear the, the mockery there, Jack? <laughs> wow. 
Really? It's, it's incredulous. <laughs> it was... Incredulous. How do you say that word? Incredulous. I'm the one that butchers the words, yeah. not yeah. you. Incredulous. I, I would hate yeah. to have a moment like that where I look that silly making a preseason prediction, right, Brendan? <laughs> yeah, let's get to this one as well about the Jets' goal thinning. But I, I, I agree with Brandon, and I didn't need to, actually. I didn't need to see the game last night. I think goal thinning is going to be the downfall for Winnipeg. They're not going to be able to be a wild card team. Now Whoa. we did this after the Jets lost what seven five to the Leafs the other night. The they night gave before. up twelve goals against in their first two games. <laughs> yeah. Remember the Oilers got Hellebuck third start of the year, Jack, and we're thinking, all right, we got Hellebuck. And- yeah, they'd already given up on Steve Mason, and we we're thinking this is just the start. Of another disaster uh, here in the pipes. What do you go forty four and eleven this yeah, year? That's, 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 yeah, that's he it. was pretty average this season, to be honest with well, you. Well, hey, to be fair, they they didn't they didn't finish in a wild card spot. I did. That's true. I did get that. It was impossible for them to finish in a wild card position with one hundred and twenty nine points or whatever. Well, Wilkie, you get the double whammy here, and there really is only one Wilkie in this town, and Tom Wilkinson, no, uh, Edmonton sporting icon. But uh, you get the double whammy. You had the closest record to the Oilers. You had them with forty six wins. 20, well, 40, that's okay. 46, 26, and 10. So you were close. Uh, only 10 wins off. Uh, Brendan and myself were both at 50. Jack was at 48 wins. And you nailed the McDavid point production at 108 points. So congratulations. Well, I went 112. Work, Brendan was at 123. got screwed by the power play, Brendan. He would have had 123 with the power play. I so. didn't want to set the bar too low on McDavid. I wanted to set it high and see if he can get there. What did Maybe I have I'll on get McDavid? there next year. Jack, you, fit, uh, you, were, you were in the range there. You had 104. Who was the engineer who said, you know, it's just a matter of time before Taylor Hall has a couple of 150-point seasons? Who said I remember that? being on a show once, and I think he was subbing for, maybe it was your predecessor uh, on Inside Are we allowed to... We're yeah. allowed to say his name, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Dan Tenser, his, I, he had a sub on, and he, he said, so when, when do you think Taylor Hall's going to turn the corner and put up a couple of 150-point seasons? Well, speaking of Taylor Hall, we were talking a, a bit about uh, a clip that Todd McClellan had yesterday about the center position, and uh, this, uh, this comment comes in just regarding Ryan Nugent Hopkins. What player has been able to elevate to the level of each of Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly, Leon Dreisaitl, and Connor McDavid. Not all of those guys could play with 97. He's successful with them and without them. Not all played without 97. 97 closed the gap, passed, and then left everybody else in the dust once he was teamed up with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Just saying, that comes to us from Jack. You know, there's something to be said to that because the two games he got held off the scoreboard, who wasn't in the lineup? Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins. So is it a viable option moving forward? Jack? Well, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is about to remind everyone why he was the first overall pick. I mean, I still think of all the players the Oilers have had in here, and you named a slew of them right there, and I'm including Taylor Hall in this, I still believe Ryan Nugent Hopkins has the biggest upside of all those players. And I think Nugent Hopkins, and I'm including Leon Dreisaitl, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins can ultimately be one of the ten best players in the league. I really, I really believe that. And be, the reason I say that, Bob, is I think his versatility and his play on the defensive side of the puck. Now, granted, he'll be at winger, but he's the one guy that reminds me of the guy who used to wear 13 in Detroit. We'll run on Ryan Nugent Hopkins' interview on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. When we come back, we'll get to our predictions 
you can rip us if you want. Text us at 630-630. We will start because we're from the West with the West on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Here we go. Uh, we got a bunch of texts uh, going. Uh, Oilers fans love Nuge. That one comes to us out of Grand Prairie on our Westlock Ford text line. This out of Lac La Biche, Alberta. Way to go, Jack. I agree with your opinion on RNH. Jack, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins becomes one of the top 10 players in the NHL, the Oilers would have three of the top 25 forwards in the league moving forward. I'm, I, and if you have that, that is a pretty good uh, start. Got to develop some defensemen along the way. Now, what, what did Rich Winter used to say when he used to do these sort of things a number of years ago when he was, quote-unquote, agents of change? So like the year he wrote the blog saying that David Musil should have been on the Oilers' defense as a 31st overall pick right out of junior. Uh, he said you said you needed, uh, let me just make sure that mic's up. He said you needed three uh, top 25 forwards, uh, two uh, top 20 defense, and one uh, top 10 goalie in the league, and you're not a match to win the Stanley Cup. I, uh, how you accumulate said well, that, players yeah. is a whole other conversation. I think Nugent Hopkins is a guy who, unlike some other players in the National Hockey League, has yet to really fully grasp how good he is. And it's that kind of attitude that I think has carried him to this point and made him a great teammate. And once he scratches off that last little surface and understands what exactly he can do in this league, which I believe is almost anything, I, I still think there's a huge upside with him. He had 14 points in 12 games playing with McDavid and was plus 14 during that stretch with a groin injury. He was, and it was not a minor groin injury. I mean, he was hurt Which there. goes back to my original point. He's a heck of a teammate. Right, because he could have easily checked out for the final four games of the regular season and came back to play the final two. All right, here's how this is going to work. We're going to start with the West. Uh, Brennan and me will do the quick little bio on the series, and then uh, Reed and Jack will alter with the first pick, which will give uh, Brennan and uh, Jack, uh, Brennan and myself more time to, uh, to debate their merits. We'll start with what will likely be the easiest, well, maybe it won't be the easiest uh, series to predict. The Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators Kelly Yarncroke uh, nearing a return for the Preds doesn't sound like he'll start the series. Nashville went four and zero against the Avs this season. Jack, who are you taking and why? I think the Predators will win this series. In I think they'll sweep them. Yeah, I think Colorado. It's a monumental achievement. Uh, for the Avalanche to get in the playoffs, but I don't see a Predators club with, what, 115 points having trouble defending a one-line team. I'm going to take Predators in five, and maybe we shouldn't underestimate Colorado, given what they've already accomplished, but the Preds are just too deep. They're too polished. They're too experienced. They got the better goaltending. I, I think it'll the games will be close, but I think the series will be over in five. Brandon. Yeah, I think the top line for the Avs uh, might win them a game, maybe two, but I'll go uh, the Preds uh, in five. 
Uh, Preds in five for me. Uh, it should be noted that Colorado won 28 regular season home games, and that is a different altitude that they're playing at. Nashville's now become an older team. So, uh, again, uh, you're going to see a reoccurring theme with me moving forward with the Preds. Brendan, why don't you uh, do a quick preview on the Wild at the Jets? Winnipeg Jets uh, hosting Minnesota in Game 1 uh, tomorrow night. Ryan Suter out for the playoffs for the Wild. Spurgeon uh, is hoping to play in Game 1. Anstrom won't be ready for the Jets for Game 1. Truba will play. Hendricks could return at some point uh, in the series. The Jets 3-1-0 against the Wild in the regular season. Reed? Okay. So speaking of the preseason predictions, I am sticking with what I said because I'm stubborn and I don't want to be Mr. Changey Pants. I picked Minnesota to win the Western Conference preseason. I am picking them to beat Winnipeg in seven games with Dubnik and experience being the X-Factors. Uh, that's a that's a reasonable projection because, Jack, I, I think that we both would have taken Minnesota had Ryan Suter played. Absolutely. If Ryan Suter was in the lineup, and, you know, the fact that Jared Spurgeon isn't even that healthy, I mean, Minnesota just doesn't have anywhere near the blue line it needs to to do anything in these playoffs. I think uh, Winnipeg will play a somewhat jittery series. I don't think it's going to be easy for the Jets, but they'll eventually grind that back end of the wild down and win in six. I'd say right now, for my perspective, the Winnipeg Jets have the deepest set of young, skilled forwards in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Suter injury is mammoth. I mean, he's no worse than the top five NHL defenseman, and one might argue he's really a, a top three NHL D. If he was Canadian, maybe he'd be seen that way. Um, there's a subtlety to his game. He's tougher than you think. I do I do think Dubnik, you know what? He's playoff battled, and it hasn't always gone well for him, but he's also done okay as well at times in the playoffs. Um, I'll, I'll take the Winnipeg Jets in... I'm going to say Jets in seven. I think Minnesota's going to push them. It's going to be a close series. Brendan? I think the Jets are going to skate all over the wild without Suter. They, they won't be able to defend those top two lines. They can beat you a number of ways, the Jets, so I'll take the Jets in five. All right, next up, uh, a team none of us had. I mean, who did anybody? I mean, what what kind of trifecta could have you pulled off? A William Carlson forty goal season. A, did Halla get to thirty, or did he stop at twenty nine for Eric Halla, and then a hundred point season for the Vegas Golden Knights on twenty bucks? How much would you have made? On that? You wouldn't have even been allowed to wager on that. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they're going to be uh, the, the the home team in the playoff series against the LA Kings. Jake Muzzin uncertain for Game One. David Perron uncertain for Game One for the Golden Knights. He's playing for a contract. Golden Knights went 2-1-1 one, and one against the Kings in the regular season. Jack, your thoughts? My thoughts are this is the ultimate series where the myth of playoff experience can either be redeemed or shattered. I think it's going to be redeemed. I think L.A. has had a good season. I picked the Kings to be in the playoffs. I did not think their window had closed. They've been rejuvenated under John Stevens. And when you've got... A situation where you've got three of the best players on the planet at their position, Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty, and Jonathan Quick, you always have a good chance. And I think Vegas will learn uh, the difference and what they need to do moving forward. Uh, they're going to learn that in six games. So you're going to take L.A. in six. Correct. Reed? I remember at midseason saying that you might as well just pick Vegas to win the Stanley Cup because everybody sells them short and they just keep winning. And I said, what kind of goofball would pick against the Vegas Golden Knights? I'm taking L.A. in seven. There you go. All right. Brandon? I'm going with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, 
They're fast. I think that will uh, cause the Kings a little bit of trouble. They're good at home. That building will be rocking. I can't wait to see uh, the scene uh, in game one tomorrow night. And uh, I think Flurry. I know Jack loves Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm on board after watching him basically knock out the caps in that series last year to start it out anyway until Murray came in. Okay. Uh, I will go with the LA Kings in five. Oh! They're going to win three games in Vegas during this series. Oh, it, wow. You're even laying out the game order. Strength this is da- great. We need more, more details here. What's strength, the score in each game? I'm not going to do that, but it's strength down the middle. That's for me. That's the issue. They got Carter back. You got Kopitar and Carter at center. You got Doughty driving the defense. You got Jonathan Quick. As good as Mark Andre Fleury is, and Jack and me have had animated discussions on this over the years. To me, Jonathan Quick's on another level because he's well, wasn't healthy last year, but he has the ability to 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 fly. I mean, look, the guys. Well, that said, Fleury has won a Stanley Cup as well. Actually, he's won three. But I will take uh, L.A. in five. Brennan, bring us the Ducks and the Sharks. The Ducks uh, hope to have Gibson ready for Game 1. Fowler likely out to start the series. BX a possible for Game 1. He's back skating. Thornton won't play uh, Game 1 for the Sharks. The Sharks 3-0-1 against the Ducks in the regular season. And we will start with uh, Reed's prediction first. Yeah, this one's kind of a coin flip to me. I'm going to take the Ducks. I I just think they have a little more depth and their D can do a little bit more. It's a little little more dynamic. I'm going to take the Ducks in six. Jack? It's funny considering how often we've seen these teams, and yet I have no feel for this series whatsoever. I'll cast a reluctant vote for Anaheim in seven just because I'm actually surprised that San Jose got to where they were this year. I, I didn't think they were a 100-point club at all. I'm with you. I, I did not have Anaheim making the playoffs. Or Sorry, uh, San Jose making the playoffs at the start of the year. Peter DeBoer's a good coach. He's, he's done, an underrated coach. He's done a good job. I'm, I'm going to go with the... Uh, that said, I'm going to go with the Anaheim Ducks. And I, I'll go... They always seem to play six or seven game series every year, the opening two rounds. So I'll go Anaheim in seven over San Jose. Brendan, you got about 15 seconds. I don't think the Ducks' D is as good as last year. Uh, and, and I don't think they're hurt. going to get away with murder like they did in the playoffs last year. I think the refs will uh, be looking out for the Ducks a little bit more uh, in this series. I like the Sharks. like the Kane edition. Sharks in six. They were banged up last year against the Oilers to start last year. I, I like the additions. The young talent seems to be getting better. The young I like gun, the Sharks. The young guns yeah. stepping up. Timo Myers getting better. Hurdle's getting better. Every time we saw Hurdle this year, he was dominant against the Oilers. He did play one of the best games I've ever seen. Gentlemen, the Oilers made a lot of guys look dominant this year during the course of the season. <laughs> he Keep just said up. I like the Kane edition. I didn't think I'd hear that on well, this no. He's been good. Not from those guy, you wouldn't. All right. Uh, 129 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. When we come back in Oilers Now, the East. And we're going to have some fun, definitely, of Pittsburgh and Philly. This is Oilers Now.